Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Thank you for letting me into your home and into your screen. Thank you for letting me be part of your consciousness at this moment in presence with you, in presence with you. That means even though we're speaking across time, because undoubtedly you won't see this video for several days, and I'm here at this moment, but we can both breathe, and there's a sense in which we're breathing together. One might say we're conspiring together. And hopefully, yeah, conspiring will also be inspiring together. And there is a sense, I have to say, in which those of you who are viewing and who comment on these videos do inspire me. I read those comments that you post, and of course, there's a wide range of comments. Sometimes, I have to say, they're barely intelligible to me, uh, and I think partially that's because some of you are not English speakers. It's not your first language. I know that about half of the audience comes from outside of the United States, and uh, a good portion of that, at least 25%, I think, is outside the English-speaking world. So, I know that a good number of you speak English as a second language, and sometimes when you post comments, that's obvious to me. But in other cases, some of you are just in a space which is quite unique, and you use language in unique ways and express your ideas in unique ways, and I don't always get it. Then there's some of you who are very articulate and experienced and wise and knowledgeable, and you post comments that suggest to me, I could learn a lot from a person like you. And yet, I'm aware that you're watching these videos because you imagine that you can learn from someone like me. Well, what do I have to offer? I suppose there are really a couple of things that I have to offer you. One is because I'm at this stage of my life where I've been doing interviews with people since 1972. I've interviewed a thousand people, and typically these are leaders of the human potential movement. These are the writers and the teachers and the therapists and the people who develop new forms of therapy and the researchers into parapsychology. But perhaps of greatest interest are the spiritual teachers. And I've interviewed dozens of spiritual teachers and gurus of uh, many different stripes and varieties. And there's something about the notion of spiritual transmission. There's a sense in which these monologues are my opportunity to become a channel of spiritual transmission. And you have to understand it's not about the words that I use. You could say the words are a carrier wave for something else that maybe is coming through right now, something that might be stimulating your chakras, let us say, tickling your aura, let us say, at a subtle level, helping you to awaken, awaken to who knows what awaken to something that's waiting for you.
Of course, I'm a parapsychologist as well, and my focus has been psychic development, the activation of the capacity of your mind, of your psyche, of your soul, to reach out beyond the limitations of your skin, to reach out to the world at large. So there's a sense in which, even though I'm talking to you and you're listening to me in a different time, in a different space, there's a sense in which we're already touching. And the reason is because time and space are not what we conventionally think of them as absolute barriers. I'm trapped in the now moment. I can never get out of this now moment. No. I can be in all moments. Even as I'm in this now moment, that's what the idea of in presence is, that the now moment. Some say we can never be in the now moment because of our nervous system. Our nervous system is so slow that by the time I perceive what's going on now, it's already in the past, maybe at least by a tenth or a twentieth of a second. So I'm always kind of living in the past a little bit. And yes, in terms of the nervous system, that's so. And yet, consciousness, the psyche, the mind, we, we don't have good words for it. Our awareness, our pure awareness, does it somehow extend beyond the limitations of the nervous system? The research in parapsychology demands that this must be the case. I'm not limited to my sensory system. I'm not limited to the here and now. I'm not limited to this moment in time or to this place in space, this little room in a home in Albuquerque. There is a sense in which we're reaching out to each other telepathically, even though time and space keep us separate. There's a sense in which our souls touch. And for me right now, sitting alone in this studio, that's a kind of palpable sense. And so the transmission that's going on at this moment is to awaken that kind of a sensitivity in you. I have had the great privilege of communing intensely one-on-one with a great many explorers of consciousness of all races, sexes, and creeds. And they have, over the years, stimulated me in a certain way. And now I'm at a phase in my life in which it's my turn to be that sort of a person for you in this unique format. It's unique in several senses. If I were a guru, I would probably suggest that you meditate for half an hour before even watching the video. I would suggest that maybe you chant or maybe you uh, oh, get in touch with that resonant depth within you as preparation for me giving a little talk like this in a video, but that's not quite how it's working. We're all busy people, and I'm assuming you're watching a 10-minute video with me because that's about what you have time for right now. So, imagine, however, that you had been 
meditating for, let us say, an hour right up until now. So you're really open and receptive. Your chakras are open and receptive. Where am I going with this? I'll tell you. When I was a graduate student in parapsychology at Berkeley, and I had some very distinguished professors working with me, Charlie Tart, the parapsychologist, Michael Scriven, an eminent philosopher, I used to imagine that I was sometimes communing with these professors telepathically. I never discussed it with them, of course, because I didn't want to embarrass myself, I guess. And I doubt, I don't know if I were to discuss it with them that they'd have anything to say about it. It may not have been conscious. It may have been at a deeper level than the conscious mind, a deeper level than the subconscious mind even. Sometimes it may be a question of the superconscious mind, but I think there was a connection there at the soul level. They knew that they were guiding me through a very unique doctoral program. And my focus was, my dissertation focused on training psychic abilities, a very controversial area within parapsychology, because there are those who insist you can't train it at all. The best you can do is find people who are already talented and work with them and You'll find that their talent may persist throughout many years of work with them, but it won't necessarily get any better. There's that view. It's strongly held. I tend to think it, if psychic functioning works like other human abilities, be it artistic or musical or mathematical, yes, it's great to work with people who are gifted, but training does help. I think of uh, Edith Piaf, the great French singer. She had a natural talent, but she became a global superstar in the world of uh, singing, in the world of voice, the little sparrow, the great French chanteuse. Edith Piaf, she got a lot of training, and it made a real difference. And I suspect that's true as well for those of you who are thinking of opening up your psychic abilities even a little bit. And I know some of you are not. Some of you are just happy to know that they exist at all and don't want to force it, don't want to push it. And that's fine. I think the important thing is that you should each be listening to yourself. That's probably the single most important message I could leave you with. Listen to yourself. Be your own guru. And I'll be a catalyst for that to the extent that I can. I did hear recently from a viewer who said, I'm desperate. My loved one has died. I forget exactly who the loved one was. Was it a child or a parent or a spouse? I'm so desperate to be in touch with them again. I've looked everywhere on the internet. I've tried to reach mediums and psychics, but they're all phony. What can I do? Help me. I'm desperate. Give me a name of somebody I can go to. The name is you. 
Open your heart. Open up and pay attention to your dreams. Chances are, if it's appropriate, your loved one will come to you in a dream. That's usually how it works. But it's also important to let them go. They're in another realm now. And when you cling to them, when you feel desperate, you're pulling them back from their natural evolution at this exciting phase of their life. So, what you really need to deal with is your own desperation. And if you can let go of being desperate, <laughs> you may find a wonderful world opening up for you. Now, I know we each have a place where we're desperate. I'm not sure where mine is. Maybe I'm hiding from it or it's hiding from me. Probably if I thought about it, I'd say, yes, I'm desperate for... Uh, well, the truth is, I don't feel desperate for anything. That I'm pretty sure I've let go of all desperation. But if I were deprived of oxygen, I might feel desperate. If I were deprived of food, I might feel desperate. If I were deprived of water, I might feel desperate. But given that I'm not deprived of any of those things... I've let go of desperation, and it's a wonderful thing to let go of. Now, I could keep talking a long time, and I probably will because I'm going to stop soon, but I'll probably be making more of these videos. I think I'm going to keep less of a backlog so that the videos are more immediate. I can respond more immediately to concerns that come up. In any case, I'm not going to leave you with anything except it's been a pleasure being with you and thank you for being with me.